Welcome to My Music Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with Michigan musicians and those alike, and we pick their brains on a wide array of music topics. I'm one of your hosts, KJ. I'm your other host, Scott. Scott, man, today with us, we have a musician who intrigues my ears and my imagination. And I mean, with titles like Love in the Time of Satanic Panic, how could you not be intrigued? I know, you know? right? We got the one and only Stovepipe with us today. I thought you may have killed him because you punched him so hard. The ground had drank the beer and the blood from your arms. Those fuckers should have known not to push you around anymore. We'll be much better in the years ahead of us. You mark my words, we'll take this world by storm. The past it will be nothing but something we thanks for having me good to have you (laughs) we were texting back and forth about some of the track and album titles and right it yeah it's like a book cover you know or something like that it's like it just piques your interest i gotta i gotta check this out okay good (laughs) yeah (laughs) great job (laughs) okay okay phew So stovepipe. So so tell us all about you. You know what 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 are you working on? What have you worked on? Yeah. Uh, what was who are you? Yeah. Well, uh, I I started out doing pretty much uh, kind of sad bastard singer songwriter music, and sad I never bastard. felt I like that. And I like and I do like a lot of that stuff. And when I started doing music, Dashboard Confessional was incredibly oh, popular. Yeah. yeah. And everybody wanted to sound like him and attempted to and often did so poorly <laughs> and i would include myself in that group <laughs> but um but i did more basic singer songwriter under justin stover and then in 2013 i got a one-man band kit it's a company called farmer foot drums and i started off with a backpack kit like burt from mary poppins oh yeah <laughs> no. and that the optics of that ensured that my music would become weirder because it just wasn't remotely weird before. It was very, as I said, basic. And uh, that evolved into Stovepipe, uh, which is just a nickname based on my last name. My dad had it when he was young. My uncle had it, my grandfather. So it's <laughs> continuing that. But it was in 2000. You mentioned Love in the Time of Satanic Panic. I did that uh, to kind of try other things because I was sick of writing about getting dumped all the time. It was like it was ensuring that my relationship life would go poorly. Uh, so I started writing songs about, I've always loved horror, uh, and I'm related, I'm Stephen King's wife, Tabitha, also a writer, is my third cousin, and I'm from Bangor, Maine, so wait, horror. Wait, wait, wait. So horror is, yeah, she's my third cousin. That's wow. cool. Yeah. I don't know her at all. I've seen her, well, I've seen her at funerals. As many of our third cousins. I've seen her at funerals. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, you know, I'm from Bangor, which is where he writes, and, you know, it's based on Bangor and Castle Rock. Wow. Uh, so that has always been very rich in my blood. So I started writing through the Satanic Panic one, slowly but surely, about, you know, horror. Still love songs, but often like a love song where one would axe murder the other. Or right, something like that. right, yeah. And it evolved into basically most of what I do, if it's not horror, it's a little bit weird. <laughs> Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? Like the interest in horror? Like, yeah. Yeah, just... There's a couple things. The first one is I have really bad uh, anxiety, and I have I've had panic attacks. I've had you name it. And for some reason, horror movies always calmed me down, even when I was a kid. Uh, I found out later that there's actually been some scientific studies that horror movies 
are good for people with anxiety because it's a expression of exposure therapy. When you're, you know what I mean? Like someone who's scared of spiders or, you know, like in Batman, the first Batman, uh, what's the one that had, um, the first Christopher Nolan Batman is that he overcomes his fears by being, uh, having bats and horror movies for a lot of people are basically that. So as someone with anxiety, who was afraid of everything, watching movies for some reason would expose me to fears and calm me down. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. In a a way I would have never thought about it. I didn't think about it until a, I noticed it calmed me down. Even my parents were like it's weird that horror is kind of your comfort food. <laughs> and then I read a study I think on NPR about how horror movies do that. So, so it's also a way of calming myself down musically. So, so you've always been into that, like since mm-hmm. you were a kid, kind of. Can you give a rundown of uh, some favorite flicks? I know this yeah. is not uh, a yeah. uh, no. no, no yeah. I'll talk horror. Know. I'll talk horror anytime. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I mean, my parents weren't very strict, so we watched. I, I watched Silence of the Lambs when I was in fifth grade. Probably not the best idea, but I got into good movies because of that. So I think it's a great idea he did. I feel that. like that's the age to like ingrain your your yeah. brain with yeah. music, with film. Yeah. You're yeah. so still a sponge at that <laughs> yeah, end, like right. still creating core memories. <laughs> well, that's true. For good and bad. Well, I feel like if you get so horrified that your parents have to sleep in your bed every night, you probably shouldn't keep watching horror movies. But I didn't have that reaction. So they're like, yeah, he seems to keep him out of trouble. But <laughs> Dude, uh, I always think about that in the 90s, I feel yeah. like, or 80s. Like, yeah. it's so different. I used to just be watching rated R. Oh, like, yeah, it wasn't I know. Nothing, like, no. I didn't care. <laughs> There's you know? a lot more uh, parental concern yeah. over that nowadays. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, there shouldn't be. I'm living through <laughs> <laughs> Stamped. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Stephen King was a, was, I mean, kid, people carried around it like it was the Bible in, oh, in yeah. the town yeah. I grew up with. And uh, I love Freddy Krueger, uh, even some of the B-horror movies, you know, the schlocky science fiction ones. My brother was really into that. And uh, so that was a big inspiration. So it's always just been there. I loved all the practical effects of those earlier oh, schlocky, you know, yeah. 80s, early 90s before, right. you know, visual effects yeah. really got good right it just makes all that much more visceral it does mm. it's like analog records compared to well, good point digital you know <laughs> what i mean yeah. like seeing an actual yeah right. spaceship yeah. right right uh, oh it's, yeah it's, so are you so just horror or do you ever dip into any sci-fi do you get any, I, I, uh, I like it all um okay. yeah i love like stranger things of course yeah. you know and uh uh action i mean really any movie that's either a great movie or a terrible one that's just entertaining. Like a lot of the horror ones are slasher movies, which aren't good. Before Scream, a lot of them weren't good movies. Did they Scream were fun change movies. I think so. I think it definitely, because by then Wes Craven was considered a good filmmaker. Okay. And, uh, and before that horror, and I think Silence of the Lambs did a little bit too. Like, wow, this is a movie that's uh, horror, I but actually good. Yeah. And so it's like cinema at that point, it's cinema at that point. And I think <laughs> Scream gave it some validity and and I noticed that a lot of the slash movies did improve after that. What year? Because that That's movie cool. was very impactful to me. You no, know it was five ninety six. Uh, I was a junior in high school, which would have been ninety yeah ninety six. Okay, ninety five ninety six. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that opening scene was. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And you think she's it's like Psycho where she dies or the star dies right quickly. right yeah. right right that's what and happens there. Are they remaking that? I'm confused. What is happening What's right now? Happening? The, the Scream franchise. Yeah, they, reboot. Well, <laughs> I don't, they, that's what I can't they tell. They rebooted it with a TV show. Okay. But they have continued the franchise with the original uh, actors like Courtney Cox and yeah. 
I just I didn't know like, that. Yeah, what is this? I'm yep. like, is this a continuation? Is this just like a new version of it? I, can't I haven't tell seen what the newest one, but the one I saw the 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 one before that, which was like 2013 or 14, yeah, uh, continued the story and the the scream mythos. And gotcha. uh, so, it, whereas the scream TV show is pretty much. Um, it's in the same universe, but not really in any yeah, the, meaningful way. That's what I mean. I'm just like, why even do it then? Oh, it yeah, just I know. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Tangent. It's pretty good, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have, I have more questions about films, but we can... <laughs> we can but, what, you said, but you did, you really like Scream? Yeah, as a kid, that was... It feels fifth or sixth grade, though. Okay. Or 95, 96, that was fifth or sixth grade. Uh-huh. So, like I said, I think that's like a really important... Mm-hmm developmental stage for people i mean even the music i listen to then it's still my favorite music right today. oh totally yeah. um anyways though yeah i was just thinking of other film i'm not a big i i have like the attraction to horror but mm-hmm. it's sometimes hard for me to right to get through and there's a lot <laughs> of bad there's a lot of bad ones no i don't know i just like what do you uh, think i don't know i love horror movies yeah. every once yeah. in a while I, I can't say i love horror movies right. i'm like i feel like i get sucked in like uh that yeah. one movie like the hills have eyes yeah. you know i love that movie and that's one movie where i'm just like i'm looking at it yeah. but i can't stop I, watching yeah, it right? and then by the end i'm like oh okay yeah. that was yeah. that was sick you know yeah. or like uh what was another uh baba duke is that oh, oh yeah that's, good. Well, yeah, that that's good another one, one. yeah but yeah. Now, like you know you keep turning away but right. by the end you're like oh dang okay right. so like i i always tell right. myself i don't like it but I always, that's a, that's it's a great movie in the end. Yeah. In, in college it was the ring yeah, I thought yeah. that was really good. Yeah, that was good. I mean, visually, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The story, it's it's unique. And that's based on Japanese yep. film, right? Yep. And their stories are always just right. miles ahead of ours. Uh, yeah. It Follows. You ever oh, see that? Oh, yeah. It Follows. Okay. Man. Um, but like for me, the ones I like the most are like the art house, like uh, mm-hmm. Hereditary. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Um, and The Witch. Just like that's probably my second all time favorite just, horror movie. That's what I get into more so than yeah. I like the slasher stuff, but sometimes I get a little queasy and like I yeah, just, yeah, exactly. It makes yeah, me too yeah. like uneasy at night. There's there's a, there's a movie that just came out called X. It's made by um, what is his? He's a great filmmaker. He made a movie called um, House of the Devil, which is like a satanic panic throwback, which which definitely influenced the Love in the Time and Satanic Panic one. But uh, Ty West is his name, T.I. West. Okay. And uh, he just has an incredible eye for for detail. He seems to really like 80s and 70s horror movies. He just put out a movie that I saw at one of the celebration theaters called X about these uh, students in the 70s who go to this farm to make a porno, <laughs> and it's owned by a bunch of crazy hillbillies. Oh, it's so good. It's okay. not only... It's got one scene that's truly horrifying, I'll okay. warn you. But it's brilliant filmmaking. Uh, that's my complaint about some horror is that it's fun, but it's not like great filmmaking. This movie is great filmmaking. Cool. Like, okay. It follows, you know, or Baba yeah, Duke, yeah. the Our House. Right. It is. There's great. yeah with horror. There's like scenes that you can't unsee, and they're just like <laughs> this has and, that. And you, think, <laughs> and you think about them week yeah. after well, week over the, and uh, over. Like, oh. what's the one by? Uh, um, Gosh, what's his name? Kevin uh, Smith, where he turns a guy into oh, a walrus. That's one that's hard for me to to get. I it's like not it, like a hor- I think it's horrifying. It's, it's horrifying. It's like body horror, horror. I think they call that, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. What's the name of the flick? Uh, Tusk. 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 Did you, you have it? not seen that? The guy gets no. turned into a, wa- uh, a, wa- <laughs> a wa- walrus. Well, that's like Black he Mirror for me, man. Oh, I feel yeah. like Black Mirror like, is horror, man. It's uh, kind of like you know how Black Mirror has the you can't unsee it scenes. Yeah. Tusk yeah. has that. 
And it has a surprise visit from a very famous actor. Yeah. You're right. Changes it, the dynamic. It, it changes the dynamic. It's worth seeing. It's so worth it. But it like it's pretty fucked up. It's fucked. Interesting. And I've seen some fucked up movies, and that one scared me. I put it right up there with Exorcist. Except Exorcist was really entertaining, and I've watched it a zillion times. I'll never watch Tusk again. No, it's a one and done. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I wish Kevin Smith made more of that stuff because it's yeah. just like, oh yeah, God. I mean, it was daring for sure. Yeah. Um, but you're sitting here with an Iron Maiden shirt on, so I have to ask yeah, you metal right. really quick. I mean, mm-hmm. you're making, um, what was the genre that you said you align into? Um, so I, I didn't even know it existed until I decided to, like the, the music that I've always liked and I most consistently listened to uh, would be like folk music, punk music. And then I later, in late in high school, got into hardcore and heavy metal. Okay. And uh, and when I decided to bring those together in like 2016, after doing the sad bastard stuff, dark folk music. Some people they, they also refer yeah. Some people call it dark folk music. It's also like gothic folk music. Okay, which I is probably accurate. But when I hear gothic, I think of like right, Bauhaus or something, which is good, but not you know right. Not your it's limiting to what how vast it is. A lot of the music that I found after making it myself is a mix of like folk music country and like Norwegian death metal, you know, like atmospheric, lots right. of songs about weird shit. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, that was, uh, but yeah, gothic, if you look it up on Spotify or Bandcamp, uh, if you look it up under gothic folk, dark folk, and then southern gothic, mm. you'll, you'll southern find gothic. a lot of artists. Uh, Amigo the Devil is probably the most popular one okay. currently. Don't say a word, my darling. I know how you feel. It's been years since I have looked at you this way. And if I've hurt you, please forgive me. Love makes you do funny things. Okay, cool. Well, before we get too much further into Mm -hmm. our topic, I'm curious really quick just to hear you talk about so you're a one-man band mm-hmm, you get out right. and play solo sets what's like your preferred gig um it's fun to have like two show two or three shows a year where i play with a full band and i got some great musician friends who, who join me uh and then the rest of it will be me a foot drum it used to be on my back but i got a new same company but it's it's a little sturdier it's on the floor, and it's basically a full drum set you play with your feet. Cymbals, okay, that's cool. Right, yep. And I do that with just me, and I have like a guitar made out of a an axe. Like, not just the guitar axe, but the chopping axe. One made out of a Ouija board. I got a really nice uh, resonator I got recently. Did somebody custom make these for yep. you, or did you do them? Yeah, my friend, actually. It's a shout-out to Crooked Infinity Guitars, run by Alex DeYoung. Ooh, I'm uh, tapping into that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a good, he's a good guy, and he's a new dad, so... People, if you need to get some weird guitars, he's, oh, <laughs> he'll man. take your uh, That's cool. money and deliver a great product. But yeah, I got a you know a Ouija board guitar and um and I'll do that. And usually, um, I've lately been playing with uh, a with a, a gal named uh, Maddie Peters, and she's an incredible cellist. When I played at the listening room for the album release, she played with me and just wowed the crowd. Cool. Like I was looking at the videos of it. And she got kind of louder cheers than I did. And I couldn't be happier about that because I, in part, wanted people to find out about her. I mean, what but, better instrument to yeah. accompany, you know, gothic right. yeah. folk? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the <laughs> no. cello. Oh, it's just, it's unreal. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you're either a, a incredible cellist 
or really bad. Like there's not a lot of uh, <laughs> middle ground with right, the cello. Yeah. I mean, really Whereas quick. guitar, I'm like, eh, I don't yeah. know. That sounds good enough. I think like a lot of the witch soundtrack is a lot of cello. I think so too. I mean, so it fits mm. pretty perfect. Yeah, and and like, but weird atmospheric cello. Right, and, it's right, like right, right. Cello is one of those instruments where like, if they just hit the notes right, they yeah. can just make you feel certain things, mm-hmm. you know, right, good right. or bad. Yep, it's, and it's loud too. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, uh, that's cool though. So mm-hmm. just I'm just because I've never seen you play live, mm-hmm. and I regret to say that. Oh. But <laughs> I'll have to we'll, we'll get that. you in there. We'll get yeah, there. yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm always curious with, you know, solo acts or limited, you know, limited um, mm-hmm. members. That's not yeah. fair. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I think the the amount of opportunities sort of open themselves up a, a bit wider than if you're a full mm-hmm. band. Like, right. I mean, we only can play certain kind of things mm-hmm. that just we wouldn't fit other things where right. maybe you would fit in much better. And like, right. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm for sure. And, and I think the thing that I enjoy about it is that um, I don't have to be perfect having having maddie has made us sound a little bit more because we have to really rehearse to make it sound good like i'm playing with this great cellist i need to really up my game a little bit but it is fun to kind of let loose like i I mean i punk music was the first music that really won my heart so when i play a lot of that stuff comes through like i yell and howl cool you know stand up and you know point to people and and i grew up in like this crazy fundamentalist baptist church with a hellfire preacher and it screwed me up in a lot of ways (laughs) but it did help my performance like i'll i'll do a little bit of that we gotta we gotta go back and talk about baptist church so (laughs) did you have the same (laughs) probably yeah was your preacher you were at a baptist church too i don't know what was your preacher like just bouncing off the walls Um, yes it wasn't pentecostal but it was hellfire brimstone every day you'd go home thinking like i'm gonna be in hell you know if the lord was to come today i don't know where i'd go uh, it had some benefit. It was incredibly like homophobic and and very uh, Dude, conservative. <laughs> but I the performative part, yeah. and I would say the horror probably was influenced by him too, because hell is the first be. the first horror story I probably heard was hell and the rapture. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you guys yeah. have uncorked something here. I might start crying. No. <laughs> oh gosh! So what was your church? Oh, I mean, it's like you know, same thing. Homophobic. I remember one yeah. time my friend. Came with her girlfriend. We're teenagers at this time. Oh, nice. You know, and preacher decides. Oh, oh her her girlfriend. They okay. come, yeah, 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 the yeah girl sure. and her girlfriend. We're teenagers, you know yeah. what I mean? He's just he's like something is telling me in my spirit. I just gotta break loose now. God, I said, God, when he uh-huh. got here, yeah. put man here with a woman. Oh. It's just like you know, in this whole tangent, oh, you know, it's God. just like man, I, I mean, hate. Yeah, that type of stuff. The message know, is terrible. The yeah. delivery is but the delivery, unlike anything else. The performance, else. Oh, yeah. though. The performance, yes, the performance yeah. of just like right. pulling people in. It's just right. like, like I'm if, feeling something in my spirit right now. Yeah. It has nothing to do with what I'm seeing. I'm just feeling You're just feeling it. Spirit. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, if, if you grew up in a church, that's, I mean, that was probably the first performance I had seen was some guy on a stage acting like somebody that he wasn't. <laughs> in his personal life like in the personal life he was a good guy he really yeah, was yeah. and uh but when he was on stage he was horrifying and and i think i bring that up into my performance because i'm pretty n- nice guy but on the stage i play a character and all my song you know i have a song about decapitation and so i think again you guys are uncorking a lot but i bet that's <laughs> seeing the pastor be like a super sweet guy get on the stage and be a maniac had to have some influence. That's a good way. <laughs> this is what we talked about with Lauren Kelly. Like, yeah. you know, the whole idea of performance where you can be somebody else. Right. And that's, yeah. that's the, one of the most exciting things about live music. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's like you can right. tap into this other part of your body yep. that, like, yeah. I know in the normal world, if I act like yeah. this, it wouldn't be all right. But I'm <laughs> yeah, telling you, right. something in me is this person right, right. here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's the fun part when people say, like, I, you know, this, that's why some of the singer-songwriters that I didn't like, it was like their performance was them trying to be, like, authentic and real. And, like, you know, sometimes you just want a little bit of artifice yeah. <laughs> like someone yeah. well, just, yeah. to just come up there yeah. and, you know, let loose. And, uh, uh, so theatrics, theatrics. Yeah. yeah theatrics. Sure. Yeah. Uh, where if it's just some small, and I, and I have, there's a lot of artists I do like who do get up there yeah. just with a guitar, yeah. but it's not all there is. And, and, and I, and good. <laughs> no, I feel that we're all sort of hidden actors in us inside of ourselves. Yeah, so, yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. I man. think we're ready. Should we do this? <laughs> we, right. I, 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 you know, let's do it. Yeah. I steered us off course just for a little bit of no, a moment, but it's all good. let's get into it. Yeah. So uh, first topic. So we're going to talk about genre. You know, yeah. you named all of these things mm-hmm. of what you're influenced by here. So we thought it'd be good to cover how do you navigate genre as a listener and as a maker? You know, I just, uh, I don't know, Scott, you kind of brought up this topic, but I think of like when I'm listening to music, it's like. I feel like I'm critiquing and judging or thinking about mm-hmm. things like we're talking about the King Gizzard, yeah. the Lizard Wizard album. Yeah. And we're just like, man, they're all over the place, you know? And then when I'm making music, I'm like, oh, I can't be all over the place or right. whatever, you know? It's just so hard to distinguish. So anyways, how do you uh, navigate between those two things? Yeah, I think it be I became a better singer-songwriter. And I think when I started doing Stovepipe, that's when I actually became good at my job was when I started bringing them together a bit more. Like I've always, if you were to see my act in from 2005 to 2012, um, you would think that I probably only listened to like Dashboard Confessional or Jason Isbell or all these very singer-songwriterly type musicians. Right. But I mean, and I do listen to, to a lot of that. But I mean, I've like I said, punk, metal, folk country has been the most constant in my life but that didn't feel like you just found your voice yeah and i think it's because um i wasn't bringing the influences of what i was listening to into my music Mm -hmm. i was like well i just sing from the heart and what comes out but i found it became better when i take all these influences and then filter it through the music so for me to, to answer your question, navigating that, I personally found there is that sense where you can be if you if you are a careful listener and you listen to a lot of music where you can almost be too picky. I found that when I uh, brought that listener side of me into my musical creations, I just became a lot better. And I felt like a complete fake when I was doing this sensitive singer songwriter. guy. Mm. Like I felt like and I've had friends who when I started doing horror said, like, are you just like pandering? And and I'm like, no, I this feels more like me than right. when I went up there and like my girlfriend left, <laughs> you know, and uh, you were thinking probably more <laughs> outside of yourself of yeah. like um, being overly inspired by right. your uh, whatever you were into, at right, that right, time. Instead right, of like tapping yeah. into yourself, right, which is hard. It's a hard it, thing to it do. It is, it yeah. is, and I don't know. I guess. Just being conscious of it, it made yeah. all the difference, right. you know, when I started thinking like, well, let's do a folk song, but, you know, let some of that punk influence come through the folk right. song or, you know, maybe do a folk song, but have the lyrics be kind of heavy metal right. you know, inspired. Yeah. I think that's like the growth of any creative yeah. is to start with the people that you aspire to be. And so you do that through copying mm-hmm. and for a while you're just a bad derivative and that's okay. Right. But eventually you hope to 
find yourself within right. it. And it sounds like that's what you were able to do. Right. Yes. And, uh, it just makes all the difference. Like I actually, I never had fun when I played music. I had a occasionally inspiring time, but it wasn't until probably, I'd say it was 2010 that my music stopped being just about breakups and started being a little bit more wacky. And that's when I started having fun doing music. And when I started doing the one man band horror stuff, that's when I was having just the different person as right. you brought up, you become the, the hellfire preacher on stage. <laughs> that's when that happened. And, and, and I wouldn't change it for the world. I would never go back <laughs> to, you know, yeah. I've had people say like, is your next album going to be horror? I'm like, you know, it's always going to be there somewhat. Uh, yeah. The, the weird side. Sure. I was going to ask, mm-hmm. um, so when you're listening to music though, mm-hmm. how do you feel when you're listening to artists and like, uh, you can't connect the pieces of like who they really are. You know what I mean? Or sometimes maybe you can connect the pieces like yeah. their genre jumping, but somehow it all still sounds like them. Right. Um, well, a little bit of the mystique I kind of like, you know, uh, the, the singers, songwriters that kind of seem like their angle is to feel like they're your best friend. Some people are really good at that and I like some of it, but I don't know. I've always been more drawn to like, uh, the ones where there is a tiny bit of disconnect where I'm like, who is this person? Like right. when he writes a song about throwing a girl down a well, did he really do that? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. When I hear a song about like a guy, I've, there's a singer I really like, Pedro the Lion, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. David Bazan. Yep. And he had a whole album about adultery and everyone thought he wrote it about himself. And it turns out, uh, no, it was just storytelling as far as I know. Right. And, and so I would say... Um, yeah, that I'm comfortable with a little bit of discomfort and not knowing exactly. Does that answer your question? No, yeah, for sure. I just feel like usually in uh, like publications and things, I feel Mm -hmm. like Pitchfork and PR type things, maybe Mm -hmm. like sometimes uh, like genre jumping is like looked upon, uh, looked down upon, you know, because it's kind of like, oh, this band doesn't know who they are. You can't settle. Right. But I don't think that's like fair. I feel like I love it. People could be multiple things, you know. Right. I think yeah. it's about presenting some type of consistent experience to you. Yeah, that's listener. what it is. Yeah, like so you're not just yeah. like giving them whiplash. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a tricky, right? You know, thing to to, uh, to walk a line yeah. to walk. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. some artists could do it though. It's well, it depends on who yeah. your listeners are, and mm-hmm. you when you're talking about King Gizzard, and I'll just talk about them because yeah. that's been like the topic <laughs> yeah. thing. I, and I like I like King Gizzard. <laughs> See, <laughs> they've they've proven themselves. They've yeah. this is what 19th album, so they've. Yeah proven themselves as who they are to their right. listeners so now i think they're getting the payoff where mm-hmm. they can do a little bit more of this whiplash you know right this is the first album that they really are doing that like metal song yeah pop song yeah you know almost like doo-woppy songs like yeah. it's all over the place but they've they've sown the seeds to their listeners where they're yeah. on board if they did it the first album they probably wouldn't have panned out i think we've right. talked about that of like if you're invested in an artist right. you're more willing to right. take oh, yeah, that yeah, risk yeah. or right. understand right. what they're doing even if they take the occasional bad turn like when garth brooks put out the art rock album christopher <laughs> Gaines and the night late 90s and confused all those redneck listeners like what is going on here Who knows? i'm dead away. 
But they still stayed on board a little bit because they, because yeah, it was right. Garth Brooks. I feel like there's a lot of artists where I'm like, that wasn't your best album, but I'm glad you you did it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about Casey Musgraves at one mm-hmm. point. This yeah. new album, it's it's a pop it's album. It's not country. Yeah, I mean, is it, is it good? That I haven't heard. I don't think it is, but. Isn't the story like she got all like drugged up and like, I don't know uh, the story. Well, I, I think, think she was just trying to grow her audience, but that's my yeah. limited purview. I think they wanted to kind of think it was like psychedelic or you know psychedelic okay. pop type stuff. Right, right. You know? It's like what Miley Cyrus did with the Flaming Lips album, where she just did yeah. a bunch of mushrooms with the Flaming Lips. And <laughs> that's a fast kind of you know? yeah. Like, <laughs> Or I think of like a Sergio Simpson. I think he yeah. did a pretty good job of expanding his listener base away from just like straight country into indie rock fans. Mm-hmm. And, and he did bluegrass, yeah. bluegrass, recently, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and R and B. That's that's interesting. it takes to sort of be able to stretch your listeners because right. some listeners are going to stand there with their arms crossed be like no. yeah <laughs> yeah i think you just got to be i mean like uh lizzo man her first album she was the one who got ripped a lot for yeah. different genre things but i'm like yeah like you know she has a song that sounds like prince then she right. has this song that's on the radio right then she has this song that's a ballad you know but they all sound like her to me because right. she has a, a unique way of yeah. doing things yeah. you know yeah so it's like to me in cases like that where it's just like yeah the in- instrumentally it might all sound different mm-hmm. behind you but that person who's right. like charging at or driving at you know could could handle yeah. it to make it sound the same crystal ball that's cool baby so is you that's how i roll if i'm shining everybody gonna shine I have to believe it's a thing that's happened more recently because of something like Spotify or any streaming service where you can have this huge network of connectivity and things that are, you know, your daily playlists and like it giving you these different flavors. But, and so I think there's a lot more permission now to be able to do that than maybe in the seventies, eighties, nineties, where you had to kind of pick a lane because you were being written about in all the different publications and the DJs were playing you on specific radio stations. Right. Yeah. I yeah, think you had when to be you think on, about that, that is very true. Back in the day, it yeah. was like in your lane. Yeah, you got to be a black artist, R and B. Yeah, that's what you make. You know, right, what I right. Mean? And and the different genre uh, artists 
didn't hang out with each other that much. At least not that I know of. Like, I feel like Leonard Skinner, you know, probably didn't <laughs> hang out with like, the, you know, the Bee Gees too right, often. Right, right. Whereas yeah. now, I mean, I've done shows where it was like me, a, an accordionist and a metal band. And those were the most interesting ones. And a lot of the new stuff coming out, like I love Lizzo. She's played. She played at the Pyramid Scheme. Yeah, how crazy uh, is that? I mean, right? years, years ago. Years this ago. This is like five, dude, six years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. This is like two thousand seventeen, eighteen, mm-hmm. maybe. Yep. Yeah. And it was all over the place, but it, her voice and her persona brought exactly, everything together. Yeah. And I think that's what. That's what, but I remember I heard her on NPR where she played some of her early music and it was really bad and yeah. it really was too all over the place. And the lesson was I just became better at it. So that's probably, yeah. at the end of the day, you just got to stick with it and, yeah. you know, mold something creative out of disparaging parts. But I think you're right about like uh, the internet's just so connected and things are coming from all over. And it's if it doesn't mix in some way, then you must live in a cave or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cage and I have we've talked a lot about showcases in Grand mm-hmm. Rapids. Wishing it was a little bit more diverse with oh. genre. To, yes, <laughs> I think it's we're a little stuck in the past of like, okay, it's a punk showcase. It's mm-hmm. a you know, yeah, it's, definitely um, indie rocks. So we have to have three acts that all sound very similar, right? As a listener, I think it's way more refreshing oh, if the bands God, yes. <laughs> are different. Yeah, definitely. It keeps you on your toes. Right, and it yeah. just makes the night more exciting because yeah. you're getting three it, different flavors or however many different bands are yeah. on the bill. And it's just like if you're going out, it's like you got to be a music lover. You, you know? do, you, yeah. You love music, True. you know what I mean? So you want to experience different stuff. You, you do, right. you would think, but you do yeah. risk alienating people that are like, I'm here for a punk I'm show. I'm here for right. just this, yeah, yeah. Right, right. That is true. But it, and the thing I've seen since I work, you know, part time at Pyramid Scheme venue, is that uh, we when we've been guilty before of not having diverse shows, and I think we've improved quite a bit, uh, at least small steps. But I think it's good to be put out of your comfort zone, and if it's a safe space venue, you know, you can step out of your comfort zone and not be harassed or mistreated. Yeah. Hope I mean, hopefully not. And the shows I've seen where they had like a punk band, a hip hop band, and then like uh, I don't know a, a female duet, pop folk duet. Uh, I've just seen from sitting at my security spot, people slowly, awkwardly, but very beautifully coming together. <laughs> and yeah. and that is way better than just what used to happen, which was like, here's the punk show and it's only punks. Here's the shoegaze. Right, it's only right. shoegaze. And- well, because there's just, like, like we've been talking about on this podcast, it's like there's yeah. such a breadth of music in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. I mean... Especially with like, you know, 88.1 being like the sort of um, foundation mm-hmm. of, of music in the area. It just proves that there's so much. Yeah. And I think if we can sort of reflect that in live shows, uh, yeah. all the better. Right. And they've improved too. I remember they used to play just a lot of like world beat music, <laughs> which they should play <laughs> that, but they should that, also right? play the other stuff too. And they've Cage improved with that. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> it's, for me, uh, it's gotten so much better since I moved here in 2015. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've been here since 2015? Yeah. And you, you said you grew, grew up, up here? here okay. Yeah. Been here okay. my whole life. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, as 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 people, as humans, we want to be able to categorize things because it's the way we sort of make sense. There you, know? you go. You took my thought for me. That's well, there where you I go. was going with go it. Go for it. Yes. Take it from me. Uh, no, I was just gonna say like genre just creates division. Is really like what I feel like. You know? Right. Yeah. We can we can talk about it with people that way. People can write about it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And it creates this sort of um, familiarity. I'm like, okay, right. you said grunge. Right. Click. 
Yeah, it's like, just like human right. beings need that division to be like yeah. this thing and right. that thing right. goes here. Yeah, yeah. Or you can be like genre jumping. Then like that's the same thing as listing a genre because you're like, okay, now I know what you're saying. What right. do you mean by that now? You know. Yep. Um, so I think you have to have something like that. My biggest, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I do love a band that finds their role like Iron Maiden mm-hmm. and they make however many albums that sound pretty like, much. Yeah. Pretty much. It's like ACDC. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And they just do it fucking really good. But you if know? you, if you, if you listen to what Iron Maiden listens to, they're all over. They listen to lots of classical music, right? Lots of, lots of metal, but lots of, uh, there's a lot more variety there, I think. Yes, they're they're yeah. musicians. They yeah. like a lot of music, but right. they all come together and make this one thing. Right. But then you have other bands that um, I think of like a Talking Heads. There's so many different bands yeah. um, that just are able to be a little bit chameleon-like mm-hmm. um, and, and move to and fro different sounds. Right, yep. Um, and that's cool. And it, it's yeah. like the talking heads. I always saw it sounds like the talking heads. Yeah. And the voice makes a huge difference. True. That too, David you know? Byrne is the consistency. Yeah. Right? I love talking heads. I mean that, have you ever seen that stop making sense video? Yeah, oh, of course. It's just yeah. so it like the part where he pulls out a boom box at yeah. the beginning. I'm like, Trust <laughs> me, we keep, we've recently been talking oh, about this so a lot of it. Like it just pops up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so good. It's interesting though, going back to like an album that jumps around. Cause usually the bands, I think are able to do it say this is our this sounding album but like some bands are like okay we're gonna give 12 tracks that take you all over the place yeah yeah i feel like that's kind of music now man it's yeah. just like a lot of bands drop singles i mean like albums True. I feel like are becoming a thing of the past almost sometimes you know do you you're like what do you all think artist. of that do you like that or no the responses i get are completely 50 50 yeah, if, yeah. You, if you really put like my head to it i'm, I'm an album guy same yeah yeah, yeah. 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 i can too. only think just like uh, right like a whole picture like when i hear a song i'm like yeah. oh dang that'd be a dope interlude yeah. or like, oh, like that's just how my mind works yeah but it's like yeah of course i like a good like ear candy single yeah. you know and then they drop something else six months later i'm like oh that's cool right but i i liked and uh i know everybody says the old days were better and we know clearly they weren't <laughs> but like <laughs> but, but, but the difference was when a single was released in the 80s and 90s it was an event it was like a big yeah, video exactly. like michael jackson's thriller again right. probably the, one of the first horror things i had seen but that was like an event and i can't i don't listen to enough no i listen to some new music but it's i i don't know when when a kid who's like 20 or below listens to a single, I have no clue how they approach it. Yeah. When, when I was young, I approached it as, like I said, an event happens, you get excited for it, and then you get excited for the album. Do you have any idea how kids approach yeah, singles? Yeah, I think I do. It's okay. It's a attention span issue. Okay. So they just get that one song, and then they put it in their playlist. And they repeat it a lot. Oh. And, they re- <laughs> and then they put their, you know, however many. It's I think it's completely attention span. It's okay. very limited because, like, you're right. Singles used to be like, this is going to be on the radio and you're going to hear it over and over again. It's going to prep you for this album that comes out. And like you said, there's going to be a music video. There's going to be at there's going to be a campaign behind it. But now it's just like little dopamine hits of like, let's because we know these kids aren't going to be able to sit through a whole album. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Let's give them a song. Let's give them a song that they'll play on repeat for three months. It'll get millions of spins. Maybe it's the same way. And then once they're tired and they stop paying attention, Bam, here's another song okay, for you. Right. And then, and maybe it's the same just, thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's I'm I mean, I'm sure there's a 
I don't know. It's hard. It's hard not to sound like some old fart, like you kids. I know, yeah, but yeah. I but I know what you mean. I've I've seen a little bit of that. I mean, do kids ever? Do kids under twenty just like have a joint and then like listen to a whole album laying on the carpet floor? Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, like, yeah, that's, do they do yeah. that? There are there are. That's what I do I, still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no it is I mean, hard to generalize because I have students that are you know eighteen, nineteen, and they do just that. Okay, you know, so it's hard to. So they exist. They exist. Yeah, you know. Right. We existed when our parents were like kids these days. Yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't mean that. But if the album was lost as a medium and we just had singles, I think that would be a loss. It's interesting, you know. I mean, we're, we're just going back like to how things were. You know, and we're talking about like kids, but maybe it's just like the machine of pop music yeah. and kind of where things are at. You know what I mean? Of like, it's not necessarily what people want, but it's just like that's the market that's being created. Right. You know what I mean? Through streaming platforms and things like that. Right. It's like you don't got time for album. You want to be on this place. Right. Give me your hottest song so I can put it on Fresh Finds. Yeah. Well, oh, you're out of here. Right. Okay, here's yeah. another song. Hang yeah. on, we haven't dropped our album yet. You know, it's just like and we had man. that, but it was like one hit wonders. They'd release the album, right. but only that one song. You bought got that attention. whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> you the whole thing, and then you know it was a coaster. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it, it's probably just a different set of clothes. Yeah, but yeah, still, yeah. I mean. But then at the same time, vinyl is doing well. But I, I don't know what age groups buy vinyl and who actually. I think you're to in them. like the 25 okay. to 40. Okay. If I had to like put on my marketing hat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, but pr- prior right. to like the late 60s, 70s, it was all singles. So mm-hmm. we're maybe just kind of going back to that. Yeah. You know, like yeah, the, the idea I mean, of the album didn't become a thing till the Beatles. Yeah, you think about like that Northern Soul like uh, label and things like that. It's just a bunch of 45s. old soul forty fives by yeah. bands that nobody right. knows. <laughs> nobody about, you know? <laughs> yeah, just songs that DJ spin or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, true. I do have a lot of those CDs from the '90s of like, yeah. there's one or two good songs on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you spend yeah. your twenty five dollars so of mowing lawns to, yep. <laughs> to do that. And some I've re-listened to. Like one of my favorite albums of all time uh, is Third Eye Blind's debut album. <laughs> no, that uh, album is chalk block. Don't get me started it's, about it's that. Fan- <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that I didn't notice how great it was until until three or four or five years after okay. it was popular. Yeah. Uh, because they had pushed those two or three singles right. so much, and I was right. sick of it. Then I bought them. Like this is a beginning to end great album. Uh, so even as I make fun of kids, but when I was young, I was pretty much singles. And yeah. when I bought we the CD, were. it was yeah. more to like throw on my impress a girl to throw on my <laughs> on my bookcase rather than like look at my now when I buy an album, I cherish it. I like I said, right. I, like you said, you know, get stoned and listen, lay on the floor and listen to it for th- three times in a row, like. That's a later edition. It's a, it's a maturity life. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was uh, Eagle Eye Cherry. Oh, yeah. For yeah. Save Tonight. I probably listen to that song just, I just feel like, yeah. play it on my CD player, reverse, yeah. <laughs> start back over again. Yeah. The whole album section. It's, it is good. And yeah. he's, yeah, Nina, Don Cherry's son and Nina Cherry, who's an incredible right. artist, uh, her brother. So yeah, that's a good album. <laughs> yeah, it is good. Yeah. But that's only, that one song, and I think one other was on the radio, but I can't remember what that other song I, I was. I couldn't tell yeah. you either. I don't know. I don't even know if he made many more albums beyond that. He probably had his like three album deal and then. Yeah. Yeah. When you you could have a three album deal now it's right. like one and you better do something yeah but uh, oh God it's just so funny to when I save tonight I, I immediately every bit of it is in my head right now <laughs> so they had to do something right it is amazing how it is an attention grabber a lot yeah. of that stuff but it's amazing how well it 
it forms our minds. <laughs> I can't remember so many Science. things, but I, was I remember just that. Saying, uh, there's a book by uh, Oliver Sacks called Music uh, Music Philia. Yeah, it kind of breaks I, down I, yep. stuff. Yeah. When I worked at Schiller, I read that, and it's good. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm gonna reread it because I read it, and it was just like probably way over my head mm-hmm. at the time. But I'm like, yeah. I need to re uh, yep. discover that. He talks about how exactly what happened, the chemical reactions. Yeah, and all yeah, because yeah. music is crazy, it's just hmm. sticking your brain like that, you know. All right, I think we should roll into our, our second topic here. Uh, should we do it? Let's do uh, it. It's not even like really a question. It's just more just like concept right, albums. Right. Um, because, you know, um, I know your your albums. So you got volume one and volume two out, right? Yep. Volume three coming yes, um, soon? Because, because the volume, I would say Love in the Time of Satanic Panic was the first album I made that I really liked. Like, I can still listen to it and enjoy no, it. No, I love that, man. Okay, uh, thank you. Is that the one, Iggy Cassette is yeah, on there? Yeah, yeah, I like that too. Okay, tune, good. Yeah. And that and that's about a girl. Um, I was, like I said, I wrote so many songs about girls that I crush on or that I dated. And I was like, I like to write it. It's hard to write a song about friendship. Like, that song is just about a friend. And I went to a redneck school and I remember... Um, and I had some good friends there, but not a lot that were into good music and movies and books. And we had this like, just this strikingly beautiful foreign exchange student from Indonesia come. And, um, I was so intimidated by her because she looked like a celebrity, like, and, but she liked really good music, like Iggy Pop. She wore like Iggy Pop t-shirts and like black flag t-shirts and chucks and, and she just was exactly what I wanted to be as a, as a <laughs> guy. Like, it. I want to wear, I, you know, I, I kind of assimilated a little bit more than I wish I had. Like, I, I didn't let my freak flag fly. You know, I wore, like, you know, Abercrombie and Fitch. And, you know, but I would, I wanted to wear the black flag T-shirts. That would have expressed my soul more. But she did that stuff. And I was so intimidated by her. But I liked, I was open about the fact that I liked good, weird music back then. And and I think my friends were like, yeah, Justin likes all kinds of weird shit. But she she liked that and then became my friend. <laughs> so I had this like beautiful, cool friend um, from Indonesia. And so that song's about her. And she's actually now a fairly famous indie actress in Indonesia. No, no, she's in California, but she makes Indonesian cinema. Uh, so that's what that song's about. Yeah, interesting. That's that's very interesting. So, I like this. We need to have like a storyteller's like. Yeah, yeah. She flew in from foreign lands to learn about our treasure. Tattoo fast food, Elvis stamps, Mercedes Benz, and leather clad girls on the dance floor. DJ, could you play some more of your Iggy Pop cassette? So when you so was that so when you make a song like that. Mm-hmm. Do you start to think like, okay, where's this fit into the concept of like this album, and like yep. where else am I going to take some of these other songs? With yeah, with that one, I wanted to make. I always loved '80s movies, not just horror, but like the John Hughes movies and such. And I wanted to make a concept album set in the '80s, and I wanted it to be about kids who felt like misunderstood in their in their school. Were you thinking she felt misunderstood? I think. Well, I think her and I found some understanding in each other. Like, gotcha. I never. I thought she was like gorgeous, but I didn't have like a, a crush on her. I knew that was definitely out of my league, <laughs> you know. But we did have a really nice friendship because we were the only people in, in really in the whole school that liked weird music, and and she liked horror movies and such. So I think we felt she was a little bit more confident in saying, I don't give a fuck if I misunderstood, I'm going to be myself. I wasn't quite at that stage yet, right? but she helped me to get there a bit more. But yeah, there, there was, we definitely found understanding in each other. And I would say the concept album, I was trying to do that. Like the, it's technically a concept album about two kids who really have nobody who find each other. 
and um and eventually break up like it ends on a pretty sad note you know uh and but i want to do that in the 80s so are volume two and volume three continuing on for those concepts or are those going to be their own different concepts? they were originally going to but um the first one ended on i don't know I, there's so many like you know bad rom-coms end with a couple staying together i didn't want to do that so i felt like it ended on the right note like mm, well yeah. we did what we could right and um, the second album was it was more while well, the first one was a more exterior story and a narrative um the second one was more internal like i was i had just gone through a divorce and i was dealing with a lot of things i would say musically it still harkens to a lot of 80s music i liked like the smiths and the cure and uh you know things like that i feel like a lot of that like the cure the smiths it, it would have like an acoustic guitar and then it would you know have all these yeah. layers and synths, uh, synths and, get real and stuff big, yeah. and that's what we tried to do on that one um, and the second one is a little bit, um, there's this great album from the eighties by Billy Bragg called, um, what's it called? It's like learning to have fun with spy versus spy, some mm. weird title, but it's just him and a guitar. It's like punk folk. And the second love in the time of satanic panic definitely was inspired by that. Belongs to Jane. Jane belongs to yesterday. How can I go on with every alpha particle hiding me on me and a guitar um and i would say that the it deals with themes that i talked about in the story but it doesn't use a story to explore those it's really just me complaining about my life (laughs) i'm I'm kind of surprised that like more music is not concept albums yeah Yeah, you would think if you think about like a Mm -hmm. filmmaker they're making an two hour long film it's not like every scene is like jumping different like yeah uh, all over the place all over the place like, <laughs> yeah or like i think of like visual art usually artists work in series and right then like, yeah i'm thinking like other like creative aspects it's like you're not jumping like this song is about this and this right about this and this thing mm-hmm. usually like got some type of consistency consistency and, like, yeah um, I just think it's hard, you know. I think it's hard for people to lay out all right. the puzzle pieces sometimes. But usually, concept that. albums get like a bad rap. Yeah, and, because, and some and the bad ones can be really bad. Like it's almost too boom boom, too boom, on the nose, yeah. too yeah. forced. Yeah, yeah. and it like mm-hmm. affects the songwriting. Yeah. So you're trying to like yeah. fit something into fit. Let's yeah. do let's do a fun uh, round robin. I think we've done this before, maybe, but that's okay. We can do it again. I of, can't uh, remember of a favorite concept album. I don't think we've done this. Okay. Yeah, let's do what I love around Robin right. stuff. Oh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just add this. The thir- I've I've since stepped away from the project because I made some just flat out. I made the last album I made that was released at the listening room was called Wicked Good. And that's just, that was very inspired by, um, I was listening to a ton of like that scary black metal from like the, <laughs> like the 80s where they all like killed each other with their bass guitars. <laughs> it's like a pretty dark album. It's got murder ballads. So I took a step away to just do... Um, like songs where each one is a short story, but the goal is to have a third and final love in the time of satanic panic that will revisit the couple from the first one and see how they're doing now. I know the nineties are popular, so I've thought about maybe having a more nineties thing. Mm, yeah. It's pandering, but I don't really care. <laughs> Can I ask you just really quickly? <laughs> so that's where, that's the direction it's going. Yeah, what, how are you about the misfits? Oh, I love the misfits. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that's like a perfect, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. 
Yeah. Like I, I know like, Glenn Danzig is like a complete prick, but um, right, right. But he's Glenn Danzig. I guess he's earned some right to do that as long he's as like he's, Morrissey or yeah. Billy Corgan or all these. Yeah. All of those but dudes. yeah, I just think yeah. of uh, I'm a big Misfits fan and like definitely oh, the I lyrical content, uh, sort of exploring the horror genre. And with the Misfits, they never, I don't think he was a, like, I try to write good lyrics, but if I can tell a story and not be as picky about the lyrics, right. you can still make a good song. And I think the Misfits are a good example. Like, lyrically, you could say, like, that is ridiculous. Yes. But you listen to the song, the whole, within the yeah. context of the song, it's it's it genius. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I love them. I did a cover of Where Eagles Dare for... Uh, a thing on band. I just put it on Bandcamp. Like I'll have to check that but out. But it was it was we cool. had a, it was me and Matt Tenclay. Oh, cool. And we we basically did. We we're just like pounding on this like drums. <laughs> it's super primitive. And I just had like a three string guitar. And I was like, and we had a good time. Nice. Yeah. Shout out Tinclay, man. We yeah, get him on he's here. such him a on good here. dude. Yeah, on, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do like recording by myself, but that was more of a COVID development. Um, I would love to record at Tinclay's place again. I would probably have him record there and then send it to my... I mentioned, I'll do a quick shout out to Silas J. Dirge. He's a great gothic country singer who uh, in, inspired me, made a great album called uh, Tales of Woe. Painless lies that hold She made as we go as we go as we go and we've collaborated and he does the mixing is that a concept album tells of um so it's a i would say so yeah uh, i would say each song's a bit of a short story but the umbrella would be like dirty dirty south people doing horrible things to each other uh, like like Johnny Cash, but even more sinister uh, would be that would be like the concept there. Because with a concept album, there's there's probably some ones that are pure um, story, like I'm telling a story, and others where it's more like an overall feel. Like it's not an A to B to C story, right. but do you think that counts as a concept like, album? Yeah, I feel like that's the B. I'm feeling like people always like say Sergeant. Yeah. People it. always say Sergeant Pepper's is like the first concept album. Okay. And that's kind of like that. It's not like there's a A, B, C and right. all these songs like really tie to something in the end. It's like just the concept of this yeah. whole band, you know, playing for somebody. Right, you know, right. As and, opposed to like a typical butterfly right. is like each song connects to like yeah. kind of the yeah. next thing. And I feel like to, to go even just revisit a little bit the genre jumping, I think it is a, totally appropriate to do that. With concept yeah. albums, you probably have to be a little bit more careful uh, because you want an overarching sound. Like, you're right, Sgt. Pepper starts and ends kind of with the same thing, even if I have no clue what the overall story of <laughs> yeah. that album is. Yeah. But. Okay, round robin. Mm-hmm. You start with Stone okay. Pipe. Yeah, guess first. Yeah. Okay, and it's a favorite concept album? Yes. Okay, uh, it's definitely uh, Pedro the Lion's Control. Uh, have you all heard that? I have no, not. I yeah, it's, it's excellent. Um, and he was like, he started off as like a Christian emo uh, slowcore singer and who eventually uh, became an atheist. And he's kind of like the Bob Dylan of disenfranchised uh, former evangelicals. <laughs> so I connected a lot to him. Uh, but he made an album in 2002. Um, it's just him and a guy named Gene Eugene, who was also 
like started off religious, ended up not so much. And they made an album called Control, which is basically, a, it's supposed to be a critique of, of capitalism, but I think it's more a tale about a family of people who are just terrible to each other. And one of them is bound to kill somebody in the family. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. Did you see the movie Requiem for a Dream? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'd say it's comparable to that, but an okay. album. And it's a hard one to listen to, but it's very real. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah, every no. time I cringe. Every time. Yeah, that's a hard one to watch. I've watched it maybe two or three times. I don't think I have it in me again. Yeah. I don't think I can. No way. No. Yeah, yeah, I can watch that movie again. That's it's big... like a horror movie that's t- way too real. It's too real. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, yeah. It's heavy. This album is less painful than that uh, movie is but it's still the same thing it's a tragedy um and and i'd say the thing i like about it best is a we talked about improving over time that album you're like wow he's gotten a lot better through this um b there is a um a story being told but it's not direct it's very much mood it's like a good movie where it's a mixture of a good script good lighting good sound um put that as a parallel to an album, it's a mix of all of different elements. Good story, good lyrics, good overall um, instrumentation. And I think that album perfectly uh, encapsulate all those things. Uh, it's a great album. Like I said, very uh, heavy. You kind of want to take a bath after. But it's ultimately, if you listen to from beginning to end, it's rewarding. If you listen to just individual tracks, you might be depressed <laughs> you know, for longer so, than you need to So be. listen to it all in one Listen sitting. to it all in one, all right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I mean, I could list a bunch of like Yes and Rush albums, um, but I won't. Um, my usual go-to is um, Fish's Rift. Mm-hmm. It's about this dream and this person's experience of the dream and his relationship woes. Um, and that's a great album. But I'm going to bring up Primus. Okay. The Desaturating Seven. And that's a concept album. It's a concept album based on an Italian book, The Rainbow Goblins. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I mean, I would, I don't want to like talk too much about it. It's just a really sort of fantastical story of, you know, you can imagine these goblins taking all the, the joy out of some place, the, yeah. the color, the, the life, the livelihood. Sure, the, yeah. And I, I like it because it makes me think of, um, while it is fantastical, you can think about, you know, corporations or you can think about politics or anything that you feel like is heavy on your life and sort of sucks the yeah. sort of the daily positivity out of your life. Cause you get so right. weighed down on things. It's a cool album because it's a little bit of a stretch for, um, Primus. Okay. Um, Les Claypool, I think it stretches some of his songwriting. And don't you think that's another thing with a concept album? You're casting such a wide net. Yeah. You're bound to improve as a musician. I think so. Making it. I think so yep. because you're, you're trying to do a little bit more than you're, than your wheelhouse, right. per se, you know? And you wonder um, if they were do- if their intention was... Like, I did mine because I realized I needed to get a lot better and more yeah, interesting. Yeah. You wonder how many musicians are like, all right, guys, we got to... Exactly. Gotta- I think it also gives you focus, too, um, yeah. if you're looking to not reinvent yourself, but to present mm-hmm. a different side of yourself, and it allows you to latch on to something. Okay. You know, and what would you say? Like I mentioned, like the certain elements is what made Control so successful. What do you think are a few elements of that album that make it a successful concept album? Um, there's a little bit more melody than is typical of Primus. Okay. Um, there's more chord sequences. Um, that's typical. 
not typical of, of Primus. Okay. It's a good like amalgamation of some of the things that Les Claypool's doing done outside of Promise with with a little bit more experimentation of improvisation, mm-hmm. which is cool. If that answers the yeah, question, no, yeah, no, certainly, yeah, yeah it, right. I would say if anything, the the melody um, okay. and chord progressions. Okay. Yeah, because usually his music stays in one key. It's it's quasi atonal. It's very percussive, okay. which this still has like the hallmarks of, but right. It sounds more like a, a Rush album put through okay. Les Claypool's lens. And, it, and it's interesting with Fish, I could never, I, because I started with punk music and the songs are three minutes sometimes, <laughs> jam band has always been a struggle Very for fair. me. Very but, fair. But I respect the musicality of it. I, right. uh, Primus is one of the, the rare exceptions where I totally get what they're doing. And I love Primus. A lot of it's because Tom Waits has, has uses a lot of similar musicians and he's collaborated with them. I, so I could definitely see like yeah. a family tree with Tom Waits and Les Claypool. It, it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I will most certainly listen to that. Check like, it out. Check it out. It's yeah. not their best album. Um, okay. but I think it's one giving a chance to, um, what's the name of it again? The desaturating seven. Okay. I'm going to listen to that. tonight. It's okay. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I just out. do a quick little fish comment? No, do you? Oh, go for it. Yeah, no, no I will. Talk about like nobody, genre jumping. Yeah. I will quick. talk fish with anybody anytime. Um, <laughs> I was talking to somebody or my, my neighbor, um, and we were just talking about like our music divergences in, yeah. in what we grew up with. And um, he was talking about like he was into big, a big Bob Dylan fan that took him down the songwriting, like mm-hmm. authentic. Uh, like presentation of self. And when he was getting into that, I was getting into the fish. And the thing that that gave me was like, it exposed me to jazz, to Caribbean music, to salsa music, to classic rock, to blues. Like it opened me up to all the genres. Um, And you would hear that on most of their studio recordings of like all the genre jumping they do while still sounding like themselves. I think that's, that's a cool thing for me to find as a, Right. As a freshman in college, because I was, you know, I came out of um, grunge and post grunge and had a pretty limited purview of music. And it just, it's like, oh, who's Santana? Like, you know, I knew Santana through that song of, uh, (laughs) (laughs) or like, oh, yeah, como va, or whatever. That's good. That's a good tune. It's a good tune, but it's like, both of those are good tunes. But it's like, you, you just, it's, it's, you, figure out the well that you can jump into and, right. and expose yeah. yourself to. And I credit fish for like, whether like their music's good or not, it just like exposure. Yeah. 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 Well, I think my, my, uh, it is a good point. And I think a lot of my confusion when I entered the, the fish universe is more a, uh, is more symptomatic of how rarely different, uh, genres and the people who listen to them, come right, together right, right, right. Right. that's it's, true it, it's interesting you know scott really got me into fish and you know i read that book yeah. and it was like reading his podcast and stuff and the one thing about fish though like i feel like that it, you won't pick up on their music is just like how they're always pushing the limits like performance right. wise yeah and it's so crazy it's like when you know kind of that backstory okay. like it kind of elevates the music to another level so that, does that make any there's sense there's always an element of like uh the I was gonna say risk, but that's not true. It's there's an element of like a surprise or like surprise. There who you knows go. what that's they're the gonna bring to you. They're gonna always try to take you, take your expectation and throw it out mm-hmm. the window. 
Okay. Which is cool. And I think totally different music, but and you, you've have you heard Page of the Lion? Yes, I've I've heard. I haven't heard the album that you brought. That, Control, yeah, but I've Control. heard, yeah, I've heard the music. No, yeah. I would say it's different. His songs are pretty short, and he was definitely like punk influenced. But like he, the thing I found interesting about him is he he takes you in different directions yeah. too, and. Um, yeah, and that's the music I think is most interesting is like, oh, what's going on? Uh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it keeps the ears perked up and, yeah. all, and all that good stuff. Definitely. KJ, what about your yeah. concept album? Uh, Man, I, I'm like you, like with Fish. I'm like, I can name like any Funkadelic Parliament the record. The go really. yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I already talked about Kendrick, but... Is Maggot Brain a concept album? Uh, They would say so, but okay. I feel like out of all the albums they have, that's probably like the least What's their biggest beat. one? Because I'm not as familiar with their concept uh, yeah. Chocolate City. That's okay. Uh, okay. Yep. Um, I've only heard Maggot Brain. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, yeah, yeah. With Eddie Hayes, so they have ripping for ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Man. Incredible. What's and you said they, they, so they have a concept like, album. So there's like Funkadelic, which is like the more like heavy rock side of them, mm-hmm. and then there's Parliament, which is the more like funk, okay, radio type side. And Parliament definitely has like more of the concepts. Like okay. they have like this album like Aqua Boogie, and it's oh, like all yeah. underwater. Yep. And there's a guy oh, named great. Sir Nose, and you know he's got like characters. And you can dance underwater and not get wet. All of that. Um, what what's the song? Um, the Humpty song. Uh, I'm doing it, babe. Yeah, that samples. Uh, oh no uh, Yeah, a Parliament song, and I can't even remember the name of that. I album. only know George Clinton, the P Funk and Fun. I haven't heard a single Parliament uh, one that I know of. Oh, you probably have. Like Flashlight is like a Parliament song. Um, what else is a Parliament song? I don't know. <laughs> one Nation Under a Groove. Oh, it's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, see, I don't think like I listened to the whole album though. Yeah. Okay. But um, I don't know. But going back to Kendrick though, uh, like uh, I listened to Good Kid, Mad City, uh, which man, that album just connected with me a lot. I feel like when I found that or when it came out, I would have been probably like uh, twenty or so. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I always say to Pimple Butterfly, but I'm like, I gotta give props to Good Kid, Mad City because it's just like him starting out as his day in Compton as like a teenager and. Mm-hmm. Trying to have sex with some girl and borrowing his mom's right. van, you know, and like yeah. his parents are calling him for dominoes, but they can't get a hold of him. His friend gets killed. They're like robbing houses and, you know, all of this Boy, shit. This sounds, just, I haven't heard it. This it's sounds, like a movie, you've, you know you've what got I mean? Me, you've got yeah. me hooked. Uh, I desire to fire bullets that straight track a tire. Just tell you I'm tired and ran away. I should ask a choir. What do you require to sing a song that acquire me to have faith that the record spin? I should pray for the record. I recognize that I'm easily pray. I got eight I'm surprised more rappers aren't doing concept albums because all like storytelling. Yeah, it's like, like all storytelling. Yeah, it's yeah. like it only makes sense right, to like right. connect your songs all together to right. like a bigger scope of something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, worry, it's yeah. not so much the music. It's, yeah. I mean, while the music is a thing, but it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's just like the it, verses. Yeah. Everything sets its tone. It just starts out. The album's like, woo, ah. You know, it's just like you're like, oh shit! Like I'm, yeah. I'm being pulled into right. 
to something else here, you right. know. And then by the end, you know, people are praying for him. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's yeah. just it's really cool, man. It's, it's just like it a is resolution of, of sorts. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I just like uh, and then I mean, even to like damn, you know, him, man, which yeah. is like okay. crazy. You could literally play the songs backwards, is what he did later, and mm-hmm. it still makes sense. Still makes sense. Uh, okay. Yeah, he. I've only had a cursory it, yeah. listen of of him, and it's p- songs people have sent me, but I haven't listened to the whole album. Yeah, it's, you got definitely listen, worth yeah, it. Okay. Definitely worth it. He just announced a new album, and I'm like just by the title i'm like this is gonna be some crazy shit mm-hmm. it's called mr morale and the big stepper oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing about concept albums <laughs> that's the, like the some funkadelic so like yeah. reference yeah that's definitely some type yeah. of funkadelic yeah. thing that i'm not catching right or now. just like you know cueing off of like the album name you know right yeah and like getting kind of fun with it but that's what's fun about concept albums is that it's the name of the album is as important as the right. album and, really the al- and the yeah. artwork and the artwork, yeah. artwork. yeah and and there's usually some easter eggs like sergeant pepper has you know yep the, the grave and um you know who's really good um my brother's a, is he's always the any hip-hop and rap that i hear that i like he sends me he's he's really good at finding the good stuff but uh slick rick yeah his oh, yeah. storytelling his adventures of slick rick yeah. unbelievable <laughs> like you mentioned like all these things happen but a, a question what, what are some elements of that album like like i asked him that you think make it stand out as a concept album of good kid mad city yeah yeah let's pick that one Uh, i just feel like uh with a lot of those songs it's just like i don't know maybe i think it's just my experience as a girl like there's a song like art of peer pressure you know Mm -hmm. and he's just talking about like me and my homies rolling deep in a white corona you know he's just like literally laying out things you know it's just like the visual you know i talked we have talked about this a lot on the podcast before it's like when i'm listening to an artist and i feel like i could see a visual exactly what you're saying you and your four friends in right. a white minivan, you know what I mean? Right. They're rolling down the street. You see the lights flick off in the house. You right. see somebody creeping. I mean, you he's know, acting like a director, like, you know, yeah, you know or, and, a screenplay writer. Yeah, right. you know? and that's from song to song. It's like consistent, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like each song. The who, what, where, why, yeah, where. Yeah, exactly. Right. You have this visual in your head of like what you're seeing. It's almost right. like it creates a movie. And when you do a concept album yeah. and your songs actually connect, it's like when you're done, you're like, holy crap, I right. just experienced like something. Right. You, know? yeah. you just watched a film. Yeah. 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 And, and that's what I found unsatisfying eventually about singer songwriter stuff. Um, there's a lot of good stuff, but the ones that I found uninspiring didn't do that, what you just said, where you can't imagine it. It's almost just like uh, a lot of uh, disconnected images in one, right. which can be cool, but I personally like when there's a context. Oh, that brings it together. Like you said, you hear them talking about a certain car, yeah, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, I used to do that." And, right. Uh, we yeah. gotta drop Carrie and Lowell really quick. As a oh, Sufjan, yeah, that's Talk- a oh, I, that's one. Yeah, I love yeah. that album. I and mean, we yeah. brought that up a few times in this podcast, but God, that's a right. Yeah, that's a gut wrenching, heavy album. album. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's one I've listened to a lot, but it's spaced out over the course. Like I'll I'll listen to it. At, uh, like in January, take February and March off. <laughs> yeah, let's do it again right. in April. Come back later. And I've heard some people kind of pick on him. And it's like, oh, it's a little too precious. I'm like, um, no, he's a legit great songwriter, definitely composer. His have you seen his live shows? Oh, um, I haven't. Arrested. They're un- unreal. Yeah. And um, yeah. I wasn't even that into him until I saw him play in like 2003, and it was like um, a circus on stage in the best way. And that's cool. 
Uh, and a lot of folk singers don't really have much for lights, and he had spaceships. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, That's talk sweet. about presentation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm about to YouTube some of that. I've never. It's cool. It's yeah. It's yeah. It's dope. it's. But Carrie Lowell is like very autobiographical, where a lot of concept right. albums are like a fictitious world, right. at least on yeah. the surface. Good I don't kid, know if I call kid, it. Good Kid, Mad City. He has yeah. his literal mom and dad oh. on the album. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. they're literal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just as long as the the all the tracks coalesce right. into some type of right. thematic bigger picture yeah. yeah exactly and like to me i mean my you know i had uh, two great parents who are still together and uh so it, it's almost like fiction to me to hear a different perspective True. where he has a mother with mental illness yeah uh, a yeah. dad who he's never met and then a stepdad who kind of takes the reins right that's yeah. like a so everything is kind of fiction to the listener right. to some degree true yeah I mean, I could talk about that. I could gush. <laughs> yeah. But let's get to the, yeah. the last topic. Yeah, let's get to the last topic. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We've, right. we've worked yeah, out the fun. concept album. We could talk about concept yeah. albums yeah, yeah. all night. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, you know how we do it here. So if your music was a type of blank, what would it be? So we got uh, for you, if your music was a type of cheese, what type of cheese would it be? And uh, you could get as specific as like the type of cut. Yeah, um, you know, you could tell us the actual type of cheese, like right. a name, whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it up to you. So the cheese would be made at a, um, it would be a uh, cheese making company <laughs> at a at a in a that was located in a haunted barn. <laughs> okay, run by two people that could be perfectly normal or they could be serial killers, and um, and they're always fighting while they make the cheese. <laughs> Because and the cheese because all of my songs always have, it's always couples who are always um, there's always a little bit of tension there. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Iggy Pop song is literally the only song. There's two songs I have, picking apples and Iggy Pop, where the cut it's just about like pure getting along, it's all going great type stuff. Um, every other song is not that. So it would be made by yeah, Haunted Barn, couple always fighting, and the cheese would be one of those things where like. Um, you can't tell if it tastes really good or like it might be poison or so something. So it's like government cheese. But I pictured like it like this like just hunk of gnarly uh like a Velveeta uh, cheese. Yeah, a yeah. Big brick of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like but like like that's been hacked with a knife several times. <laughs> um that would be the kind of that would be is kind it, of is cheese. It cheddar? I'm thinking some sharp cheddar. It's it's like sharp yeah, like sharp yeah. cheddar. Um, with maybe a few, maybe a rock or a piece of pine actually <laughs> gets in there while they're, you know, in their haunted it's a barn. Roughage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a gnarly block of of kind of government sharp cheddar that's been chopped in half, or gnar- gnarly chopped with a with a axe or something. <laughs> that's a first response where it's been more of a story than <laughs> yeah, right. Which I we like. got him into the mood. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love those types of questions. <laughs> when, so, when I ask a band, like, tell me about your music, if they say, oh, I don't really want to define it, I immediately lose interest. I'm yeah, like, no, like, give me something. and uh, Give me your elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah, give right. me something. No, that was great. Okay, good. Yeah. I just love Can cheese. Can I put that on a couple pieces it. of bread and <laughs> toast it and make a nice grilled cheese out of it? My my early music would be, I'll be like haunted afterwards if I have that cheese. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you eat it and your head starts spinning or something like that. But the the the, the boring music I made from like two thousand four to two thousand nine would be like 
like a light monster cheese or something okay. like that between bread that's not buttered enough when you fry it up. So <laughs> not not good. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I yeah. Like <laughs> what do you made me think? Yeah, it just made me think of all that. <laughs> all right, man. I feel like <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> Stove five. Thanks for coming oh, out. Thanks man. for we having me. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, if you want to find out about me, um, stovepipescaravan.com. And that will take you to the social media. And for the soaps, it's just soap. soap. We yeah. got soap right yeah, here yeah, in front yeah. of us. And yes. it smells. The clean wolf. It smells fantastic. delicious. I'm going to use okay, this tomorrow I can't morning. Wait. Yeah. Okay, good. I can't good. wait to use this. Yeah, my yeah. wife's going to be like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> my mic. Yeah, it's not a hint. You all smelled great when I came in here. But uh, but yeah, stovepipesoaps.com. And uh, and uh, thank you so much. This is I had a great time. Cool. I, awesome. fun, I knew yeah. it would be fun, but this is this It's is always fun. Now. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate you, man. Cool. Until next time. Peace.